Hi, I'm Jason, and this is another episode of Rewind and Review. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Rob. Ahoy! Welcome to Rewind and Review, the retrospective podcast where we have a look at an existing property from the past, delve into its legacy, discuss how it's held up over time, and even give our own personal experiences. Did we watch it as a kid or sometime later in our lives? Yes, now this episode of Rewind and Review... We'll look at a movie that brought to life characters that many a teenage boy and girl imagined themselves as throughout many years of after-school arcade sessions and button-mashing weekend sleepovers from all the way back in the early 90s to uh, present day. Um, so, <laughs> get over here and jump into your fighting stance and prepare to save the world in flawless victory <laughs> or be doomed to suffer a fatality. <laughs> As we travel back to the year 1995. Swinging 60s, here I come, baby, yeah! Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. There's definitely a very slim chance of surprise. In 1995, the year Mel Gibson shouted, Freedom! Robin Williams shouted, Jumanji! The Power Rangers shouted, It's Morphin' Time! It was also the same year that our favourite fighting game characters took on each other in the first live-action version of Mortal Kombat. Now, based on the popular video game series of the same name, if you hadn't heard of it, Mortal Kombat tells the story of an ancient martial arts tournament where the best of the best of different realms come together to fight each other. The goal... Ten tournament wins to be able to legally invade the losing realm. Outworld so far has collected nine wins against Earthrealm, so it's up to Lord Raiden, played by Christopher Lambert, and his fighters, Liu Kang, played by Robin Chu, uh, Sonya Blade, played by Bridget Wilson, I think it's actually Bridget Wilson Sampras, by the way, um, and Johnny Cage, played by Lyndon Ashby, to stop Outworld's winning streak and save the planet. In order to complete this task, the Earthrealm fighters must defeat evil sorcerer Shang Tsung, played by Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa, with his own powerful fighting team, ensuring that Outworld is stopped from reaching their final victory once and for all. Be warned that if you haven't seen Mortal Kombat yet, <laughs> but you want to go watch it first before listening to this episode, we will be talking spoilers. We both sound very enthusiastic. <laughs> Are you a Mortal Kombat fan? No. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. This is, no way. This is going to be a very unique... Uh, rewind and review because I know for a fact because we you know, we had a discussion I guess beforehand um, that both of us both weren't like in terms of Mortal Kombat the video game we weren't big fans yeah. not that I had anything against it <laughs> I just never really played it I was like I was a Nintendo kid yeah. and I guess the fighting game I leant towards was always Street Fighter. Yeah, so... Yeah. Street Fighter for me too. Or um, in the later consoles, consoles like... Is it Dead or Alive? I think I think that's sure, a bit of a, the old yeah. fighting game as well. And then Smash Brothers. Like, I don't know. Oh, of course. Smash Brothers. <laughs> Smash Brothers is the ultimate. But anyway, we digress. So your experiences, you reckon you weren't a big fan. 
How many times have you seen it? I want to say once. Okay. And I, I, I say once loosely because I do remember this movie and I remembered bits and that proved that I had watched it. Mm. But I must have been so young. It must have been like a year or two after this actually came out, which put <laughs> me around like the six, seven, eight-year-old kind of mark, uh. which, you know, the movie's pretty tame in terms of... Uh, classification it was a pg-13 in the in the states which made it sort of like an m rating here but still yeah it's kind of dark and gritty and it's still i remembered this being quite violent and intense and maybe mm. i didn't watch the whole thing but i remember things like the spikes at the end of the movie yeah i remember like coming up out of aluminium foil yeah i remember yeah. like the, the you know scorpions like snake chain thing in the mm. woods i remember I mean, a lot yeah. of this movie but also not much at all. Yeah. So once. I'm saying once, and if we're talking the rest of the franchise, I haven't watched any of it. Yeah. So Any me. of it, and the video games. I went and bought a, a second-hand copy of Mortal Kombat X, or XL. I don't know. I think it just right. upgraded itself. That's essentially the first Mortal Kombat game that I've owned. Hmm. Um, and I've played it, I played it a little bit just to sort of get the idea. Yeah. I've played Mortal Kombat before. Yeah. You know, went to a mate's house and stuff. But that's it. That's my Mortal Kombat uh, not a, experience. Not a breadth of experience there, really, is it? Um, well, I have seen this movie solidly. I know I've only seen this movie once as well. I wasn't allowed to watch this movie. This, was, this <laughs> When it came out, Your I wasn't... parents are responsible. They, were, they are responsible for me not having culture. Yeah, correct. <laughs> um, but they... Um, sorry, Mum. At least there's a this, reason this time that. and not just your lack of accessing... <laughs> I don't know. Like... My, my lack of interest in actual good movies that everybody else has seen. No, I have a lot of interest in these movies. Um, but this one... So I've seen it once. I played the games on like one of the early consoles. It would have been... Probably like PlayStation, I think. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So the original, like PlayStation One, but it was I didn't own a PlayStation One. It was like either a mate's or my brother-in-law's, or something like that. Yeah. And I would have been like ten or eleven, something like that. Um. So I think I played the game first, then saw the movie. Yeehaw! That's the history. <laughs> and I just noticed we actually haven't said it in the top, and we usually would refer to it. We're not watching this movie because uh, we've got such a long nostalgic history with it. They're also doing a reboot, which we'll, we'll allude to a little bit later. Look, this is this is how things played out. Yeah. This, uh, this new Mortal Kombat movie was announced. I was like, okay, I'm not really interested. Whatever. It'll probably be garbage. Yep. Obviously, there haven't been any like huge movies out for a long time. Yeah. Um, and then they dropped this trailer for this movie and it oh looks my sick. god it looks sick I, 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 can never, I can't recall a time when a trailer has actually turned me around so hard and fast <laughs> um, I felt like I was being beaten by the trailer like it was like it looks bonkers insane I'm all for I'm it I'm so excited for it and, and I don't know why <laughs> that's, that's no coming idea. soon that film she's going to be doing a review of it there you go and so for your listening pleasure we're going to revisit the original, because that's exactly what we do. But isn't it isn't it weird, you know, like, we talk about... Well, at least for myself, anyway, like, I talk about, like, not being that exposed to Mortal Kombat. Obviously, just playing the games a little bit here, mm. like, going to mate's place and stuff like that when I was younger. Um, but it's like, I feel like I know so much about Mortal Kombat, even without actively being really involved in it. Like, I know a lot of the characters. Yeah. I, 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 a lot of their, you know, video game designs, their catchphrases. Yeah. 
I get Mortal Kombat and it's very surreal, violent sort of action, which like is awesome. Violence, yeah, yeah. Like, it's crazy. I think it's 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 in the zeitgeist. It's weird though, isn't it? Isn't that bizarre? Yeah, it is. It is strange, yeah. but I guess it's been around for so long that it makes sense that mm. there'd be elements. And these, you don't know the, the lore behind it, but we definitely know the, the catchphrases. Oh, like, I'm assuming there's so much in this movie that just went over my head in terms of like mythology and things that were set up in multiple different games. Like, I, you I may get assume that too much, but we don't know. Like, you, don't, you don't know what you don't know kind of thing. Yeah, but true. having, like, see, when I was watching it, like, you know, last night when I <laughs> last minute prep for this, for this yeah. show. There was still a lot of it where I was like, oh, that's from the game. Like, I recognize that from the game. And, oh, yeah, that's cool. Well, that's a little... They treat it as an Easter egg or yeah. a, a reference or a homage to that. And, it's, yeah. and I was like, all right, A couple cool. of the finishing moves I so, recognized. Yeah, yeah. A bit of the dialogue I recognized. The characters like, I definitely did as yeah, well. Yeah, you know, you know, so. like, you know Sub-Zero was the ice guy. And Scorpion's yeah. got his snake chain thing. And... Yeah. Like, there's all... I'm sure there's way there's more a, stuff going on that I'm just like, what? But, absolutely. So, and yeah, and that Scorpion and Sub-Zero and Reptile all look the same, just with a different coloured shirt. Very good. <laughs> very, very good. I, it, it, easy. It makes it easy. I didn't remember a CGI snaky lizard thing, though, but we're going we're gonna to get into that this. That was in there. That was... <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> it definitely was in this one. Um, all right, we're, we're going to pull it apart, as we usually do. First off, let's talk about the legacy. It clearly has one. For us to know what it is without watching the bloody movie. Uh, yeah. So its budget. It actually cost eighteen million dollars to make this movie, but its box office takings were was $124 million. And it actually sat um, at number one for three weeks in a straight uh, in a row in the box office takings on the on the on its release date. That's pretty mental. And it's it's interesting because you look at, you know, like video games has never really had a good rap in terms of, you know, movie versions of them. I think only now we're kind of getting some decent ones, but even then they're still kind of questionable. Um, but, you know, we get Detective we're, Pikachu is pretty good. Yeah, we get Detective Pikachu. That Tomb Raider was all right. Sonic the oh, Hedgehog Tomb was Raider fun. Was, Tomb Raider was good. I but thought. then we're still getting a lot of busts like War, like um, World of Warcraft, Assassin's mm, Creed, yeah. you know, Silent Hill, yeah. all of the Resident Evil movies. Um, nah, they were fun. Nah, they, they were, were fun. fun. They, they were, were fun. good. Especially but, number um, one was great. <laughs> but um. At this time, it was like I think the year before we got we got Street Fighter, yeah, and I think Super Mario Brothers was like a couple of years earlier. It's yeah, it, it wasn't too great. We weren't having a good time. We weren't having a good time. But mm. people seem to like this due to its, I guess, you know, it was, it was pretty. It was adapting pretty well the the Mortal Kombat game, I guess. Yeah, well, you it, know, there's a tournament. Yeah. The characters are pretty much kind of what well, you expect from Apparently them. it was based on the first two or three games. And so there was, you know, kind of similar plot lines. and So people would... People, if you were playing the games at the time, were familiar with what was kind of going on. Although yeah. it's definitely definitely not in any way like a carbon <laughs> copy of any of that stuff. It's definitely like a retelling yeah. in its own way. But, but they still throw in all the little Easter eggs and bits and pieces. For the, for the yeah. fans of the game. Well... Yeah. Overall, it did get mixed reviews upon yes. release. Um, reviewers praised its atmosphere, fighting sequences, and there's a lot of them. Uh, the production values and visuals. Mm. However, the the PG thirteen rating, which uh, which I mentioned, it had, um, and to lesser extent, the performances mm. uh, and writing were criticised. Uh, many critics noted that the movie seemed undecided, with a light comedic tone mixed with dark, gritty 
atmosphere yeah. sounds like a DC movie. <laughs> Oi! Low, 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 low. Except um, 20 years. Although, so better than expected, but too frenetic to be coherent enough to have weight. So this was yeah. the reviews at the time. Yes. Um, kind of like a, a summary of overall the overall tone of everyone's <laughs> yeah. kind of take on it all. Uh, Mr. Roger Ebert, uh, he said he was right in the middle with everybody's kind of things. He, he did say that it was a bit of as positive and he noted that fans might be disappointed by um, the film's killings because as we all know the games are ultra violent whereas the movie does not portray a whole bunch of super violent um, fatalities and things like that <laughs> so he acknowledged that um, there's definitely uh, the film itself is made you know with a high with a reasonable level of quality we'll talk about that but ultimately fans may have had a higher expectation than what they could be met with a PG-13 <laughs> rating. Now, Rotten Tomatoes, it's got 44% from 41 reviews, and that's an average score of 4.7 out of 10. Metacritic give 58 out of 100. So we're talking smack in the middle there, um, and that's from 12 reviews with Metacritic. So um, now people might be aware of this, I guess given, given its legacy and how long, you know, this franchise has been around and how popular it is and all that. So since it was released, it's actually kind of turned into a bit of a cult classic. It had a bit of a critical reevaluation, um, and most many critics kind of feel that it's one of the best video game adaptions due to its respect to the source materials. Um, and you can see that, and it is, um, and that it's also a well-crafted um, action sequences. Won't talk about special effects, but action sequences. Um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, basically the roles are considered iconic now. Um, iconic portrayals of the video game characters. Yeah. So, it's a cult. It's a cult classic. It's apparently. a cult. It's just a cult. Mortal Kombat. Uh, it's a yeah. cult. <laughs> <laughs> just the, fan, the fandom is a cult. Um, so, it's, it's from a franchise. Everyone knows this. Uh, lots of... A uh, couple of films, a couple of TV shows, heaps of games. So, the films... Um, there was actually an animated uh, director video prequel for this... Um, that was released in '95 as well, called Mortal Kombat: The Journey Begins. That's pretty much. Isn't the whole thing just set on a like a on the boat going to the tournament? Hand on heart, I have not seen it. Right. Of <laughs> so, uh, I haven't either, but I, I read that it's just literally set on a boat. I was hoping maybe you checked it out, but the only one that I have seen snippets of and not a full version of is the next one, which was Mortal Kombat: Annihilation, which is a, the direct sequel. That's 1997 that came out, and it only had Robin Sh- um, Shu. And um, Talisa Soto. Talisa Soto was Katana, I believe. Katana, all right, sure. Um, So they're the only ones that came back. Everybody else was recast. So as I said, I haven't seen anything, kind of thing. But uh, I heard the Annihilation is... uh is garbage. I just, I just heard it flat out. And I believe it's it just garbage. I believe it was uh, reviewed as such or criticized <laughs> as such. But it, it does. It does pick up. I heard it picks up literally where this movie finishes. All right. Like it's it's that fight that we end on. It. it just starts there. I mean, that's what they were intending to do with this movie, clearly, the way they finished it. Their fighting stance is ready to rock and roll, but it's like, you it's not like Back to the Future where you can just kind of throw in a new character <laughs> at the start of a film and take it off. This one, pretty much, you know, pretty noticeable differences in characters. So, <laughs> like, well, like 80% of the cast changes. Yeah, like, yeah. absolutely. Um, including, you know, the, like the, the main leads as well as their mentor, yeah, the whole lot. Um, but we do have a few other... Um, Feature-length films. We've got Mortal Kombat Legends, uh, Scorpion's Revenge. That came out in 2020. It's a standalone animated film. Um, that was direct-to-video, but it's 2020, so it was also streaming as well. Um, that has got no influence in the canon at all. And then now, as we said, we've got a reboot coming up 
in only a couple of weeks now, and that was filmed in Australia. It's just called Mortal Kombat, and it's based loosely on the game franchise, with a, actually a new character who's the lead who they've just created for the movie. So, what the hell? But featuring <laughs> the whole like a whole roster. Sure. Interestingly, though. We can use it's that character as an anchor as like us entering this world. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's the idea. Maybe. We'll see how we go. Um, now, interestingly, there's I think there's like 97 characters on the roster now. That's so, too many. So but I, is that including... I don't know, know what they're going to do. Didn't with they do movie. like Mortal Kombat versus like DC and then like in like the yeah, recent yeah. games you can like play as like Freddy Krueger and then... Yeah, like, they, they ch- change it up with different like studios and stuff. and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. Predator but, and stuff. Yeah, I don't know if it's Mortal Kombat or if that's some like an overarching, uh, like a, a, a body that's actually got the licenses for the two. Sure. They mix them. I'm not sure. But are we counting? Are those characters? That's my question. Are those characters counted as the rot? Like, does that contribute to the roster count? I have no idea, Jason. I just I want you no to give idea. me a half-assed answer, as if you just answer with confidence. Listeners, just, tell me. Just tell slam me. us on social media about any of this if you guys are fans. Well, I actually know a couple of you are because yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to actually do the research. So just send us a message and tell me. That's all right. And when you hear this. Know that we were thinking of you as we were butchering it. As far as I'm aware, there's only like 12 characters in Mortal Kombat. It's <laughs> 97 on the roster. Okay, we've got to get through the rest of this legacy. Um, so, uh, it also had some TV shows. A couple there um, released in the uh, early to late 90s. Defenders of the Realm and Conquest. Um, one was an animated, one was live action. Didn't see any of them. The, li- <laughs> um, the live action, though, that was released just before the year 2000. And that was actually apparently uh, received quite well. But it did get canned. To my knowledge, got canned sure. after two seasons. That I I, I'm kind of curious to check that out just to see what a, 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 a TV yeah a nineties TV series yeah. Mortal Kombat thing could be. Absolutely. Um, now, what else we got? Games. We all know this. So there's eleven main games um, that were released between ninety two to two thousand and nineteen. Nineteen two thousand nineteen was the last time we had one. I believe um, there's a lot of DLCs or expansions. So that was more about eleven was 2019, yeah, correct. right? Correct. Okay. Um, and then we had three spin-offs um, in uh, 1997, 2000, 2005. So kind of spin-offs from the main thing. I'm not sure if they're canon or not. Probably, possibly, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we already said it at the top there, but th- these games are famous for absolute brutal fighting and the fatalities. Um, uh, which were, if you don't know what a fatality is, it's the kind of the killing move animations that come with each character. They're all unique. And yeah. some of them are brutal. Some of them are called possibly um, like a friend friendship finish. And we Is that like where Johnny Cage like leaves drop. his picture? Yeah, his correct. Photograph? Yeah. And some of them are like passive. See, something like that. I'm like, I got that reference and I feel like that's very subverse in the in the realm of the mo- of the games. So I'm yeah. like, how do I know that? Yeah, I But don't I don't know. know. Full of pointless knowledge that I be, don't even want. You might be an unconscious fan. Oh, so, so for some reason, like you might be part of the cult. You don't even a know. A lot it. of it, just good memories. I guess playing with mates, uh, playing Mortal Kombat, and button mashing because that's all I could did do. Did you ever go down like the old Time Zone, the old arcade, and play the games? Nah, no, well, I went to Time Zone, but I didn't do nah, no Mortal Kombat. So stuff. Street Fighter, I did at Time Zone, but yeah, the only only experience <laughs> I've got is a console where you're like hitting the buttons well, and you're like yeah, just mashing yeah. them and trying to beat whoever's on the screen. Mm. Um, Comics. Um, oh, sorry. No, before we go. So, uh, with the games, the Mortal Kombat 11 actually paid tribute to this film that we're talking about today with heaps of different Easter eggs. And it had um, Carrie here. Uh, was it Hiroyuki Tagawa? He replaced his role in one of the DLCs. So oh, I heard that there was a lot of cast actually from this movie that oh, provided the voice, like Sonya Blade. Really? Yeah. And, oh, that's and, fantastic. And stuff. 
I could be wrong. This is stuff my wife told me just because she was doing some research for me. Oh, that's, but, uh, <laughs> that's good. Oh, could be wrong. Glad, I didn't fact I'm check myself. You, so you got they helped to do your research. That's yeah, awesome. Man. I happen to do mine by myself. She walked. She literally walked out of the movie like ten minutes into it, and it was like she was like, "Nah, go and have a shower." <laughs> she was like, "I can't do this." But then uh, she came back and started like researching for me. So uh, uh, you know, so she, she obviously wasn't watching the movie. She was on. So she, she's she's clearly on, on in a cult <laughs> as well. All right, let's wrap up this legacy comic books. Uh, believe it or not, there actually have been some comic books. So Midway Games, who are also the publishing, uh, sorry, the the studio who brought the games to us um, back in '92, they also published um, some tie-in comics with the launch of the first uh, first two games, and then the fourth. And then Malibu Comics launched um, a 26 issue comic in '94, but it was cancelled after 10 months. And then we also have, and you mentioned it before, um, DC Comics. So not only has there been DC, DC comic games um, with Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, um, there was also a comic book series called Beginnings in 2008, and then uh, Blood Ties in 2015 that have been released under the DC Comics banner. It's almost like Mortal Kombat would classify as a as a sounds like comics. Maybe we should encourage Possibly. them to do Annihilation so I don't have to watch it. I think, <laughs> I think it's amazing, and I know Luke listens to these, so Luke... Help, yeah, help, help, help a bloke. This out. is our Come formal on. request. <laughs> it's now on air. You can't. You can't say you, no. You know what, though, listeners. If any of you guys decide to request it on our social media, we might have our hands tied. I'm not it, doing it. I'm not, do, I, I'm not. Terribly doing it. fun to watch Jason uh, squirm. Um, all right. Uh, there's also some novels for this particular movie. I'm talking about the legacy and the franchise for that's kind of connected to this movie. But be aware. Be very, very, very aware there is a lot of other content out there <laughs> that's connected to the Mortal, Mortal Kombat brand. I was going to say, is this it? But obviously no, not. there's plenty more. But there is a couple of novels. There's a novelization of the movie uh, released by Tor Books um, and then two other novels that aren't directly related to this canon but still connected loosely. Sure. Cool. All right, let's talk about this movie. Look, I just want to... Okay, I think before we get into like all the characters and the yeah. bad acting and the special effects... Whether yeah. bad or good, um, I mean the story or the plot of this movie. Like, let's just let's just address this. So, the plot of this movie is there's a tournament, and these people from Earth have to win the tournament essentially to save Earth's Earth. realm. Earth the realm. Earth realm. Yeah. So yeah. the humans need to win, so they can save Earth. Pretty yeah. much. Like, it's pretty epic. Um, when the tournament starts... Big stakes, big stakes. Yeah, when the tournament starts, it's literally fight scene after fight scene after fight scene after fight scene. You get a lot of different combinations of fighters yeah. going up against each other. Um, some characters appear very briefly because then they're out and they're gone. Correct. But, you know, like, there's there's not really... I mean, there's the exposition story at the start, then there's fight scene, fight scene, fight scene, fight scene, fight scene. Yeah. Then there's, um, you know... The plot sort of goes into its final act, yep. fight scene, and then end of the movie lead into another fight scene. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like it's, this it's movie like the is game. based on a game of like a, a fighting a game. A fighting game, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what the game is like, right? It's just the, fight the set after design fight. looks like it's been it's, it's been you know it's emulating different scenes and stuff um, in the games themselves. <laughs> like they look all they're all flat levels with lots of just like you know decorative things element. I mean, you start everywhere. you start on a beach. Where it's just two guys fighting, and then the next thing you're you're like in the woods, and then suddenly you're in this temple, and then you're in like this hell dimension with yeah. like fire everywhere. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> how did he get out of there? 
It's a good how question. Did, how did Johnny Cage get out of hell? We don't ask <laughs> Whatever them. that was. We don't ask these questions. We don't ask them. We don't need to ask these questions because it is just... How do, how do they get out of the but fight in the game? Sometimes they... You just press exit. You just exit. And they come out. All of a sudden, they're in another area. You just... You just yeah, I don't know. But it's like... Sometimes, you know, like... Mm. The, the games are being monitored and watched by an audience and, you know, the host and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then next time, it's just two dudes and I'm like I was like is this an official tournament fight or are they just fighting because they got beef yeah because I kind of feel like, like in the fight I didn't really know Scorpion kind of cornered Johnny Cage there yeah I was I'm, like is this official I mean or is it kind of like hey next up is you two it's up to we'll you guys see when to, you meet you know they do say they do say fight. they do say at the very kind of kind of the start or it basically says from this point on it's on basically they do say that after the dinner when yeah. they flip the tables and stuff they go from this point forward, so, your enemies. So I, mean, I guess it's just whenever they meet, and so they're paired up, and they're paired up. It's with almost people. like a battle royale kind of thing. Like it's almost like they gave up with the actual structure of the tournament, and they were just like, "Yeah, you just need to survive at this stage." You yeah, it's whoever to... dies dies. So, yeah, yeah. So a bit cruel. Maybe that would have been I'm a better not... setup to just have it be like a battle royale, but then everyone would have been on each other. And, yeah, yeah, but just have the characters be like, "No, I want to fight with honor," so it's all going to be one on one. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, and then at least that way. I don't know if bad I mean, guys have honor though. I don't know. You sometimes, know? sometimes bad dudes are like, "No, I'm I'm badass enough that I'll fight you one on one. I don't need to gang yeah. up on you." Absolutely. So that's I don't know, but that's that's the movie. So that's it. That's, that's it, guys. That was our review. Thank you for <laughs> I'm no, out. guess See what? You You're stuck with us for another half an hour at least. <laughs> let's 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 get through these characters. Yeah. Um. And yeah, we'll we'll just see how long we last. Yeah. <laughs> just... All right. First up, Liu Kang, um, played by Robin Shu. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yep. That's who we're doing first. Oh, these are Earth Realm characters. So the the good guys. We're going to talk about the good guys first. Um. So this was actually originally he was meant to have a love story arc with Katana. I it's kind of there. It kind of is. So it was scripted, and apparently Robin Shu was actually really excited about doing it. <laughs> Don't blame him. He wants to make it a love. But, um, yeah, yeah. Get a bit of katana. Don't blame him. Like Talisa Soto, she, yeah, she's pretty. I guess. You know, I reckon. I reckon their love would have flourished if she didn't f around with like riddles and shit. Yeah, she needs. To you know, when she's like riddle to win your next battle, you must use the thing that brings life like just say water however just say water however why don't you just say isn't she like super ancient and shit so she's nah just say water yeah don't F around Katana nah because that made me guess as well I was like is she talking about water yeah but why why don't you just say hey you're up against Scorpion no 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 you're up against why don't you just say you're because up against Sub-Zero Because this movie is dumb enough. They need to put some kind of cleverness why? into it. Why don't some you just say veiled you're up intelligence. Against, you're up against Sub-Zero next. Use water. I can't wait for the backlash of this episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So. Uh, it's going to be it's gonna be like, this movie is garbage. Five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody go see this movie. Um, but so, yeah. Uh, Robin, if you want to talk about his portrayal, I, he's my favorite out of the three leads. Yeah. He seems to be the most genuine. Yeah, it's like, well, we, we, we meet him. Whereas the others are like, His setup is like, his, his brother's been killed yeah. by, you know, like the main bad guy. Yeah. So there's sort of like a revenge story there and a vengeance kind of thing. Yeah. Um, do you know yeah. what? I felt weird, like, looking at him, but I was like, he's like a slim dude, yeah. really muscly, and I was like, man, if I worked out, 
maybe I could look like that guy. Oh, if I had hair maybe. like him, oh my god, <laughs> the, the self confidence I would have. Oh my gosh! Next costume party, I reckon. Luke Me, Kang. Luke Kang, you, Johnny Cage. Yeah, but I look, I could get away with Johnny Cage quite easily. You'd have to go Johnny Cage. I'll do Luke Kang. Well, I'll do Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage, white guy. I got to be the Asian guy. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's what we'll do. Um, so I, I, yeah, out of the three leads that we'll talk about the others, but. I liked him the best. I thought his portrayal was the most genuine out of all of them. Um, so he's got two special moves that are featured in the movie. He has a bicycle kick, which he does to a reptile, I believe. Um, and he's got little fireball punches, which he does to um, Shang Tsung. Yeah, that's, that's like that... his finishing move at the end. So. Yeah, so they're, they're both Easter eggs. Yeah. Um, I, think he, I think the way that they're kind of portrayed in the movie, though, like there's certain camera angles that are capturing them pretty specifically <laughs> so I think yeah, they're quite obvious even if you're not aware of what's going on uh, Johnny Cage uh, Lyndon Ashby I'm sorry Lyndon Ashby but I really don't like the way that you portrayed this guy do, do you know what's yeah, you're on, on not the, like, that funny it, it's it's weird the the portrayal and the performance of this character is set up to be almost like that antagonistic guy mm. in a film where it's like he's not quite the bad guy yeah. but like he's the asshole that but at no point does his character become an asshole. Yeah. Everything just about him makes me think he is one. And from the very start, and I know it's like, see it. but his look, whole setup is you know he's sort of like a, well, they, a washed they, up movie star. You know, yeah. he's got his skills and abilities, and he's not really doing much with them except you know yeah. making his movies. Well, we do have to look through the through the lens of, um, of Raiden and everything, and, and the uh, the competition as well. Though, like they're all being set up. Each the three leads are being set up to show their flaws from the very start. Yeah, and that's so a whole plot yeah. point. And that's that's this it, movie that has is, plot points. Whoa. This entire yeah, what <laughs> uh, what what right does it have to have plot points? But so Johnny Cage is known as the egotistical one, and so therefore that's his greatest fear and his greatest threat to him. Yeah, is his ego, and so you're you're introduced to him that way. And so if that's in that sense, Lyndon Ashby does very well. What I really don't like about the character is actually. It's not necessarily the character; it's the portrayal. And he, I just think that Lyndon Ashby misses off so many beats of. Look, we're talking nineties here. I get it. Yeah, so the, like, I mean, the comedy it's is just, it is cheese. It's it? super cheese. It's mm. like melted cheese out of a cheeseburger. It's like proper gooey, gross. Just I don't like it. Cheese, you know. That, that makes me so hungry. I don't know. Yeah, what, why, I why, did you, why did you go I there? I apologize. <laughs> that. But let's let's. Um, oh, actually, John Claude Van Damme was actually. Uh, considered and he turned down the role so he could go do Street Fighter. So it actually was designed for um, John Claude Van Damme. So maybe it would have been a different portrayal if it was him. I feel like John like Van Damme's like a a bigger dude. And from the, the, my memories of the game, it's like I think John and Cage is like mm. quite tank. Like he's a he's a bit he's a big bloke, a bit, bit muscly. Whereas again, much like the Luke Kang in this movie, like he's a slim dude mm. still with like muscle. And, well, not that you do we even see him without his shirt off? Yeah. Oh, who? John, Johnny Cash? I mean, Johnny Cash? No, I don't think so. No? I keep want to say Johnny Cash. Yeah, it's not But that's Johnny a completely Cash. different guy. You know what I used to think it was? <laughs> I, didn't, I thought Johnny Cage and Lou Kang were the same thing. I thought it was I thought it was Lou Cage. Luke Cage? <laughs> Luke Cage? Yeah. Now that's a different Luke thing. Cage. That's definitely um, a different thing. 
we do see one of his finishing moves, um, and we already mentioned it. It's the signed autograph, and that's <laughs> called a friendship finisher. So he drops it as after he destroys, absolutely destroys Scorpion. It's just a douchebag thing to do. I'd be like, it's like there you go, there you go, buddy. Have, <laughs> have a one of the sign, my signed things. Um, so uh, Lyndon actually, so a lot of them did their own stunts. They did have stunt doubles and stuff, but Lyndon had the worst injury on set out of all the leads and, and actors. Um, so he had a bruised kidney, and it was because. Scorpion there uh, kicked him in the back, but it got him in between two protective pads. Oh, the so pads did nothing. It made him uh, made him wee a bit of blood. Poor Lyndon. Wee actually. a bit of blood. Yeah. Holy so, shit. Yeah. Proper proper it injury. It made him wee a bit of blood. Yeah. Proper proper injury. Like good one. Ah. So um, and our third lead that we should talk about uh, straight up is Bridget Wilson Sampras. <laughs> it is her name. It, is that her name now, or was that her name barrel. then? No. It, like, I'm assuming it's, it's like a, new. It's, it's a marriage thing that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. it's a new one. So that's a, that's, so it's, not, it's not in our notes. So, if we. If so we at the time, up, at the time, Bridget Wilson. It was Bridget Wilson at the time. But yeah. now, married, all that kind Bridget of stuff. Bridget Wilson Sampras. Now, uh, Cameron Diaz was originally cast for this role, uh, but she dropped out due to an injury. Um, and Wilson originally auditioned, but then she backed out because. She was actually in Billy Madison. I mean, that's what I... When I saw her on screen, straight away, I was like, like, the only other movie I've ever seen this chick in is Billy Madison. <laughs> and what a change of bloody character. Well, I was like, she... I mean, Sonya Blade is badass. Yeah, I think she's movie. awesome. I mean, they eventually just had her become, like, a damsel in a damsel. distress, which yeah. I was a bit disappointed with. I was like, ah, oh, but she's yeah. so badass. I wanted to see all three of them fight in the end. I thought they might... Twisted a little bit, yeah. So I and, quite remember. And be like, you know, no. take over the take over the games, yeah. and be like, no, nah, we play by our rules. You well, I have to admit, I didn't quite understand the reason for um, uh, Sonya Blade's wardrobe change at the end. Oh, and they did her hair and stuff because like... she was she's she was in realistic garb the whole way through, really. Mm. And then all of a sudden, they yeah they completely dolled her up, pretty like... her up. But I was like, and it was incredibly uh, like short dress that and stuff. And I was like. In, in my mind, I'm going, I don't understand. Oh, they, they sexed they, her up. They sexed her up. They sexed her up, but it didn't make sense why, because she doesn't fight or have any redemption beyond that after that. Like, there was yeah. no well, the whole, purpose. The whole setup is, you know, she has to, she's chosen to do the final fight, but she has to actually accept the challenge. Yeah. But she keeps refusing. Right. So instead, they're just like, oh, we'll just, we'll just have you hell capture until you agree. And for some reason, they were like the aesthetic to put you. Yeah, that's what it was. It was for aesthetic. It was for the theatrical of the games. It was. I was wondering whether or not it was a a particular maybe costume that's an Easter egg as well that I'm just not aware of. That's all. Let's let's say it is. It might probably so we can we can give a thumbs up because this movie needs it. (laughs) A couple couple other things for uh, Sonya Blade. Christina Applegate was considered, um, and there (laughs) was. Are you a blonde actress? (laughs) <laughs> you're considered um, and there was a fight between Sonya and Jade that was scripted but never shot so similar to the love scene or the love kind of arc for Liu Kang um, was... what this movie needed was more fights <laughs> I wasn't exhausted at the end of it now um, Wilson uh, well, Wilson Sampras performed all her own stunts and she refused to have a double um, so that included all the fight scenes and she actually dislocated her shoulder um, during one of the scenes but they are able to just kind of keep on going with it. I don't know which one. I've got a funny feeling it's when she tries to snap the dude's neck. She oh, goes right. upside down. The question is, did she wee blood? Um, I don't think she needed then, to because it was then only it's her fine. shoulder. Then, then man up, <laughs> mate. Wasn't her bloody her bloody kidneys? <laughs> man up, Sonya Blade. So if I'm if I'm ranking the th- the top three, the th- sorry, the three leads, 
and it Definitely is very Liu much Kang, Sonya, yeah. and then well, I mean, sorry, Johnny. <laughs> it is very much like this is the trio. As mm. soon as these characters are together on the boat, yeah. it's like they're mates straight away. Like there, and Sonya, her whole her whole drive is. It's weird. Gotta kill like, Kano. Yeah, gotta kill, kill Kano. Kano. And then, like, I think it's like half an hour into the movie, it's like, Kano's dead. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that plot's uh, that's done and dusted. Well, yeah, she killed him. She, got, then, she got her revenge. I think she's surprised all... she killed him, to be honest, but, yeah. Oh, it seemed like it was going to play out and she was going to be like, no. Yeah. And then I thought it might be a bit of uh, Emperor Palpatine going on because it was um, the bad guy. Was it... Um... Sang oh, it's, it's, it's the yeah. oh yeah Shang Sung it's right in front of me we'll just notes. say old um, Asian guy the, the old Asian guy <laughs> no the guy that played by um, Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa um, he's obviously got the end game in his mind but the way that that whole death of Kano happens it's as like he's willing her to do something bad and then she does it and I was like oh she turning bad I don't understand I don't understand. but but yeah but then nothing and nothing happens it's, it's just. Yeah. There's a plot, and a but plot, we'll get plot. to we'll get to Shang. We'll talk about maybe what is his drive, what's yeah. his mission. But we've got to first get through Lord Raiden. So last of our Earth Realm good guy people, played by Christopher Lambert of um, Highlander fame, <laughs> I think, plus a few other things. Um, so he also voiced the uh, Raiden in the French dub version. So he clearly speaks French, um, but he's a gamer. Himself, right? Sure, that's good on him. Great, yeah. Um, and Sean Connery was actually the first choice for the role, um, but turned it down. And get this, to play golf because he was at that point in nineteen ninety three when they were filming this or four, uh, he was not interested in taking any physical roles on anymore. So Raiden has one physical scene, and he literally flips. I understand. He flips Lou once. So I he flips him once. I feel that <laughs> maybe what's on the uh, either cutting room floor or there there might be something there that we're not aware of. So, <laughs> Raiden, I'm pretty sure Raiden is the reason my wife walked out of, of this movie and yep. went to have a shower because yeah. she was just like, I could literally just do anything with my life right now. I'm gonna go wash myself because because of Raiden, his delivery. Of every line is just ridiculous. I actually thought he was. It's it so was dramatic. English dub. I actually thought he, <laughs> like he'd been overdubbed and the voice wasn't quite matching. Because it's just it's, it's just so over. It so just weird. doesn't work for yeah. some reason. <laughs> but so sorry, Christopher Lambert, and also sorry to everybody except for the two people now who are listening. So <laughs> um, let's talk about some other characters. Let's talk about the bad guys. Uh, yep. So Shang Tsung, um, played by Carrie Hiroki uh, Tagawa. So when he steals souls, that's a fatality. So that's an Easter egg, um, which is interesting. Um, like I thought that yeah. was like a whole like that was the main plot of the movie. I thought that was like I was just like, oh souls. man, yeah. It's like he's doing this. No, he's doing this thing up. really because he just wants to steal the souls of all the all the like the people that lose the dead ones. And then it's like that didn't go anywhere. Hmm. So all right. So it's a finisher. It's it a, it's a, it's a. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. Um, <laughs> but he wasn't even finishing the fights. No, he was finishing other people's fights. They're so lazy. They were already he finished. Was, he is so lazy. Um, but anyway, we have to admit, and a, 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 apparently, according to law, um, or, or or the cult, let's call them the cult. Actually, um, Tagawa's take uh, is actually it's now regarded as the ideal portrayal. Like he is, this version is the pretty much the peak for the character 
Got, I mean, and he's I, regarded that way moving forward. So. I, I kind of like that that happened because I mean, he's a good you know bad what? guy. He's good. It works. Yeah. He works. Besides his stupid soul stealing thing, it doesn't really do any. It, it's just literally an Easter egg now that I now that I, I realise it. Mm. But his character though, like it's a cool portrayal. He's an evil yeah. dude. We get that he's evil. He's like, you know, he's he's pretty grizzly. Yeah, I think so. I think he does great. I'm, I'm, I don't. Yeah, I don't hate his performance. So I mean, um, I'm all for it. I think yeah. he has a really big beard though in the game, but that's fine. I honestly cannot remember. <laughs> um, Could be wrong. I'm pretty sure he does. So, so he he's he's the big bad. Um, then we got Kano. He's uh, played by Trevor Goddard. Now, this is a really cool fact that I learned when I was researching. Um, he's originally meant to be a Japanese American, right. but Goddard's performance was impressive enough to the um, game designers that they actually they uh, retconned him, and now he <laughs> he is like in canon, he is an Australian. Um, so the whole franchise, he's now an Aussie. Is that? Do you reckon his name's actually like Kane? And then they're like, oh, he's Aussie. No, Kano. Kano. Kano? Kano? Yeah, It would have been Kano. Yeah, but now he's Australian, so it's Kano. Kano, mate. <laughs> Kano, you bloody legend. Kano. Well, um, now, here's a bit of a morbid point. Uh, so Trevor Goddard, he actually passed away in 2003. Um, and the next live-action Kano was played by a guy named Darren uh, Shahalvi, I think. Either way, he passed away in 2015. Oh, okay. So, I've written here as a bit of a tongue-in-cheek joke, best wishes for Josh Lawson because he's portraying Kano in the new movie. But in all seriousness, stay safe, Josh. So, <laughs> I mean, geez. Um, But yeah, so there's a little bit Can of... you imagine if, if something happens to poor Josh Lawson? Well, we yeah. said it here first. It's the first thing I'd say. And people are going to come after you. No, no, I just... I, I feel terrible. But it is what it is. Um, you're just drawing connections. That's what you're doing. You're not, you're not implementing anything. You're not. Uh... This was on the IMDb page. They wrote it first. <laughs> I'm just saying it loud. loud. Um, I actually really like Trevor Goddard. He was a big, I'm a big fan of his work uh, before he passed. So it was a long time ago. He was in um, uh, a character I really, really liked him in. He was in Jag. Remember the TV show Jag? Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, he was an Aussie in that. Yeah. And he got a send-off and they were singing Waltzy Matilda to him as he walked off. It was beautiful. Oh, wow. Oh, it was really, really cool. What do you think about um, Jag? It was like, NCIS was a spin-off of Jag. Was it really? Yeah, weird, eh? Oh, wow. That's cool. Judge Advocate General. Judge. Yeah, uh, yeah Advocate yeah, General. General. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Trevor Goddard, good portrayal. I liked him. It's campy. You can tell it's over the top, but I think it's intentional. And a lot of these characters, I think we may even talk about it later on, but I kind of feel like some of it's satirical. It's actually intentionally over the top and crappy. No, to say that gives this movie too much credit. Yeah, okay. Pull back, pull All back. Right, pull back, reel that one in. <laughs> uh, next character who is on the bad people's team is Katana. We've talked about her a little bit already, Talisa Soto. She is the princess of the world, that, the outer world realm that's been destroyed, I guess. I didn't get that from the movie at all, so is that like, is that just like... She's like mythology. a 10,000 year old princess. No, no, it's sure. in there. Is that in the movie? Yeah. Wow. You fool. It definitely is. Um, <laughs> so she really liked it. She's, uh, she, she, she thought that Katana had incredible strength um, and just really enjoyed playing the role um, and the challenges that, uh, that came with the role. Uh, now, uh, I do believe yeah, she, Talisa Soto was one of the only people to come back and reprise the role. So she really did enjoy it. Um, well, she it. she did all that training, so she didn't yeah, want to waste so. five weeks training um, <laughs> in. I've written it here: Tai Chin Chuan and Ching Wing Chun, which are martial arts training. <laughs> that's codes, I guess. Either way, yeah, she gets a good good fight against um, Liu Kang. Yeah, and then that's when she's giving all the creepy codes about how to defeat the bad guy. Um, 
So thanks very much for not being just honest and clear. Okay. <laughs> that would have been pretty super handy. But you know what though, Luke Hang kind of gets it. So so be it. Um, what else we got? This guy's pretty cool. Goro. Goro. He's, he's a hands-on guy, isn't he? So he was a puppet with a real person. So he's Goro, everybody, hands-on. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. That oh, was like a wow. good 10 seconds. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Oh, God. Now, he's played by Tom Woodruff Jr. in his bottom half. Goro, if you do not know this, if you cannot remember him, ladies and gentlemen, he is the guy with four arms. Yay. Yeah, and he gets a great shot to the nuts. He does, and his pupils die. He may or may not have four nuts. I don't know. He may, or he he may do. I don't know. He is he is a, a big bloke. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so he's actually played with a human inside a prosthetic puppet, and it took. Uh, we'll talk about this later, but it took a lot of people to deal with him. But so a guy named Todd, Todd Tom Woodruff was in the body, um, and the voice is a guy named Kevin Michael Richardson. Ooh. Goro is the I guess the the main antagonist fighter. So you've got like he's Shang the muscle Sun- yeah, he's yeah. the muscle villain, eh? Yeah. yeah. You've got Shang Tsung who's the leader, but Goro's the muscle. He's the undefeated champion of all the ten other So when he is defeated it's sort of like, Oh, what the hell And he's this big hulking forearm yeah. behemoth sort of thing. I think I think he's I mean like talking without talking too much as uh, to the visuals at this point, but I think this kind of paints or it illustrates, I guess, where this movie is in time yeah. of trans, you know, the, the transition of special effects. Yeah. It was like not everyone had access to really, really good CGI yet. Mm. Um, Only Steven Spielberg and Universal Pictures. Yeah, and so it was sort of like this movie was sort of caught in the middle where it was like, hey, we're still relying heavily on practical. where we can a practical thing, which I'm like, cool, whatever. We love, we love that. I'm a big um, fan of it. But, you know, still kind of looking a bit you know not the best but then also when you, you, you lean into all the, the CGI and stuff mm-hmm. like there's stuff that's just 100% CGI just for the hell of it and yeah. doesn't look great yeah and it's like you know Jurassic Park blended mm. the two things together seamlessly yeah. whereas this movie was like this is CGI and this is practical yeah. enjoy to the best you can <laughs> and there's stark differences <laughs> it's like not even trying so I actually really like the Goro um Puppet for what it was. It's nineteen ninety five. We've got yeah. to be realistic. They actually used some CG on his um, mouth, so it's not ex- it's not exclusively immune from that terrible CGI. But although all in all, it's it's just good engineering. Um, the next character though, Reptile, which is played by Keith Cook, for the most part, except for the near end, he is a, a creepy CGI reptile lizard thing. And it is jarring to see. I mean, he's a cartoon. Is. He's a like a colourful cartoon. Yeah. Like glossy CGI yeah. looks like was made on a Windows ninety five computer. Which yeah. Was it, was. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was. But I, um, I don't know. But like we said, like you know those. We'll, we'll talk about the special effects and stuff later. Reptile though, so he was actually not going to be in the movie, and then the test audiences and the focus groups did not think that the fight scenes were complicated enough and so they reintroduced him <laughs> um, and had a, a fight with him and Liu Kang which became the most complex fight out of all of them. Yeah, no, fair so, enough. Um, but like, the, the audience was like, we need, not we need more fight yep. in this fighting movie. So they reshot um, that entire kind of sequence. Yeah, but kind but of no, more, no more people fighting. We want weird, weird-ass fighting with... <laughs> Reptiles, but mind you, when when reptile dies, it's it's cockroaches and stuff that comes out of it. Oh man, I don't. I got no. I idea. don't know what's going on there. 
What about where other... are they? Why are they? What are they doing there? So what is happening? I said at the top as well. So we've got um, Reptile, Scorpion, and Sub Zero. They're three ninjas of the bad on the Outworld team. Um, I'm going to talk about the other two now, but just to note that they all look when they're in human form, they actually look identical, <laughs> but they're actually played by three different people. Mate, so the costuming is uh, really good, <laughs> um, and they don't have any dialogue other than like "get over here" and stuff. It's like oh, but I mean, I mean, just to jump into Scorpion very quick, it's like his dialogue is is literally made up of variations of his catchphrase. Yeah. So it's either if it's not "get over here," it's "get yeah. down here." Yeah. Get here now. I don't know what else he says, yeah. but it's all pretty much the same line. But just... So, Scorpion was played by Chris uh, Casamasa. Um, so, he was actually hired to just be one of the stunt ninjas. You don't get to see their faces, so you don't know who's doing what. Um, but the producers were so impressed by Chris that they actually gave him the part. Now, I haven't written here in the notes, but that's why... So, he was actually working on the show. And what that meant was he couldn't dedicate as much time to Scorpion. So because he was doing stand-ins for a lot of other things. Sure, right. And so that's why he doesn't have as much... Uh, you get more time with um, some of the some of the other characters and stuff, sure. particularly dialogue of any kind. So you, that's probably why it's just versions of coming over here. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Um, because he was actually busy doing other. You mean that? You mean that wasn't a, that wasn't a creative choice? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, here you go. Here, sorry, I just didn't I misread my notes here. Ed Boone, who uh, was the co-creator of the actual original game, he's the voice of Scorpion. So oh, that will be why cool. there's no dialogue from Scorp- from Chris Casamasa. So because he was busy. <laughs> well, it sounds like Ed Boone was busy too because he only had like three lines and they're essentially yeah. the same line. Just, well, I mean, he's, the, just fun. he's a video game engineer. So, oh my God. That's, that's um, essentially a Stanley cameo. I'm just telling you, that's that's yeah, that's what that is. I, just, that's yeah, what I that guess is. it is. Just completely uncelebrated in the same way. <laughs> um, Sub-Zero, the last three, he's blue. Oh, by the way, Reptile's green and um, Scorpion's yellow and now Sub-Zero's blue. Played by uh, Francois Petit, I believe. He's the highest-ranking martial artist on set. Okay. Ooh, was French Ooh, all right, French Wire. And that's the only fact I've got about him. I was disappointed. I didn't like his... Uh, oh. Didn't like his fight scene. It was very... You know, as a fan of, like, martial art, like, anime and stuff like that, whether it's, you know, like, Dragon Ball or... I'm not a big, like, you know, mm. The Last Airbender kind of thing, but, you know, I enjoy the visuals. It's like I. Last Airbender, was, Airbender was so terrible. I not the movie, the the show. The oh, show, the, show. the show! I love the show. But um, it was like it was. That's kind of what he was doing. It was like he charges up his like energy ice beam and then yeah. he'll blast it and you know, I like, I don't know. The the first time he used the ice thing where On he sort gun? of freezes over Sonya's yeah. gun, I was like, I like that. You know, that's kind of cool. It's I like fun. That. That's okay. It's fun. I like, all right. I just saw the rest like the the uh, when he has a big, I guess, orb around him. That's just freezing <laughs> stuff, and then all of a sudden, it opens him up to be killed. Yeah, because water turns into a spear. Apparently, you think you think Sub Zero like fire would be his weakness. Apparently not. You think water would just freeze? Yeah, it really doesn't make any sense. Well, it kind of does freeze and stabs him, but I oh, guess yeah. he could have just. Yeah. Anyway, I am looking forward to Sub Zero in this new movie, though. Oh, the trailer looks so good. He he freezes this dude's blood. I can't remember what the other character is, but he freezes this dude's blood and then stabs him with that blade. We're gonna get a real Mortal Kombat movie is coming up. Mental. All right, we've finished the characters. <laughs> we've finished. That's it. That's all. No, we we're not say. done yet. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, you've still got more podcasts left. But for now, we're gonna take a bit of an ad break. So we'll be right back. 
Hi, I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. And we are the guys from That Film Stew. Do you like movie reviews and want to keep up to date with the latest in movie and TV news? Then That Film Stew is the podcast for you. Join us every two weeks for some good times, laughs and firm opinions on the things we love. That's right. There's a new podcast released every two weeks on iTunes and SoundCloud. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. That Film Stew Podcast. Listen, comment, follow, share. All right, well, let's keep going. Um... I mean, one exciting thing we can talk about in this movie, apart from all the colourful characters, is all the colourful locations that we yes. um, we go to. We've got filming locations like Thailand. Yep. Um, it includes the the Wat Farsi, Senfet, um, Wat Chawata, Naram, and Wat... Now I decide to talk. Now I decide to do what I'm talking about. And Wat Racha Baruna Temples. Very good. So, I'll say that all again. Filming locations in Thailand include a lot of temples and <laughs> um, and all shooting locations were originally were yeah. only sorry accessible by boat. Yes, so the beach scenes, all of that. So they're all um, there's it's all pretty, a mainland nearby, but, but it's all used... isolated. Yeah. Like, you know, you gotta, you gotta get there. You gotta get there. So and because of that, location manager who I stupidly didn't note here, but good on him, he actually had to build an outhouse on one of the islands so the uh, the cast and crew didn't have to keep on getting ferried to the mainland to go to the bathroom <laughs> I mean sure yeah like that's yeah. that's just that just makes sense yeah absolutely um, but uh, so it may not have been as glamorous as, as what people may have expected yeah. but yeah so they had to ferry all their equipment all the set dressing everything to the different islands Very and the different cool. temples we've also got um, Los Angeles and California though as uh, many movies are filmed yeah um Outworld filmed at an abandoned steel mill. Yep. Um, all of Goro's scenes were shot on sound stages with the puppet never being shot outside. And famously, I guess that makes in, sense. Famously in production notes, um, uh, yeah, Goro's puppet never saw the light of day. Never, ever, ever. Well, he's all, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's inside in every, in every in scene. Every single thing, that's right. Um, yeah. Now, just some stuff on, the, some notes on the production itself. Because um, it, so... Believe it or not, this movie actually has some really good production value and really well thought out, um, I guess, cinematography mm. um, and and uh, photography direction. Sure. One, so some of the things. <laughs> no, I think so too. Like so, so it doesn't have a right to do this. I don't know why, but um, it you know, Paul W S Anderson, which I don't think we've even mentioned that he's the director of this, but that's who he was. He's known for lots of terrible movies, but he's also... I mean, I mentioned the Resident Evil movies. Yeah. He's done a few of those. He's done a couple of them. But, he, you know, he's, he's done good stuff as well as bad. But um, either way, like you've got a lot of these establishing shots where they they actually focus on... like a, They're all, they're all um, panning shots, but they focus on small details first, and they always introduce these new venues. So these, you know, these temples in Thailand. For example, when we see Liu Kang walking upstairs... To go see where his brother's, you know, oh, monk yeah, 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 yeah. He walks up these stairs, and you—it's like you're seeing this grand temple at the same time he is, as you're seeing his feet, and then it pans up and it comes up and it looks at this amazing, beautiful location, and just the framing of a lot of this stuff. It's better than it needs, a, needs to be. There's a lot of wide, like shots almost for the for the scenery for the set. Yeah, and you know what? That might come down to the fact that a lot of the the shots are. I'm assuming against the green screen, it almost looks like like chroma key. Yeah. Some <laughs> like, some of it is really really nice. I mean, and that's probably why a lot of it is shot, um, you know, establishing shots anyway, like wide, yeah. you know, a big pan wide shot. Hmm. Um, 
but you know it's good that they do he does incorporate like those those smaller intimate shots and stuff like that yeah and you do sort of travel with characters into things and then they, it zooms out and you just see you see kind of more like mm. the, it's like how grand like one Rando example sort of is, is sort of Luke Cage not Luke Cage uh, one example is like when Johnny Cage is sort of you know after he's kicking Goro mm. in the nuts he's four nuts and he's running up like <laughs> and he gets to like that ledge where it's all you know you just see him first and it's sort of like whoa and then it pans out it's this big giant and it's like whoa yeah. it's like this like cavern of fire and hell and stuff yeah more hell so much hell in this movie so much fire hell. and hot things yeah where are they my god absolutely they're, well, they're in Thailand for the well, they're time, Thailand, or yeah. they're in um, LA so um, <laughs> but yeah so look there is you know there's there's, there was artistry behind this. It's, we, we, it's, I think the uh, critics are right. You know, it comes down to more criticisms on the, um, the characters, perhaps, and maybe some missed expectations in here and there. But if, but if the like, if the actual scenery and like the the green screen effects actually look decent, and then maybe they look well, decent. They, did, they the, did at the time. Maybe they look good then. Yeah. But, but they, don't they haven't dated. They haven't dated well. No. No. But let's talk special effects then, uh, whilst we're there already well, kicking them in their four nuts. I'm only going to talk. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the characters as a different thing. So reptile, we already talked. It's just te- like the first thing I write here. Terrible CGI. It's just not good, is it? I don't know why they didn't use a puppet like they did with Goro. Why didn't they use a puppet? Mm. If you had to do it, why didn't they? And the answer to that, we've already answered this already. He was an afterthought. Right. Okay. So last. A lot of stuff put in post. And actually, interestingly. Uh, Anderson or um, show um, shoe Robin shoe, nobody knew what reptile was going to look like because it was completely CGI. So the choreography with um, with Liu Kang's fight with the actual reptile um, lizard was incredibly difficult because they didn't actually know where like what it was going to look like if it's going to look yeah. like a lizard if it was going to look like. A... But then that would have been restrictive again when you put when you put him in later. To have, because you have to, you're restricted by what has been filmed. Yeah. And it's like, you know, they didn't know the size or the shapes and yeah. the look to them, and it's like uh, to fit them in. Oh, I don't know. It's just like that's not good. That's not how. But it's not how it should be done. Maybe they couldn't get, <laughs> couldn't get a um, a puppet together in time to put you together in like kind of posts or, or whatever it is. Um. So yeah, reptile. Like we said as well, he was actually a, an afterthought. He wasn't actually meant to be in the bloody <laughs> movie. So, um, Goro though. So, I said it before, yeah, he's an animatronic puppet that's sitting on top of some dude's shoulders. It took 13 to 16 people to operate him. And he frequently broke down. He made it ever, an absolute nightmare for production. I think he looks really good for the time. I think he looks pretty decent, and but still kind of shit. Oh, yeah, but like, But, like, I'm accepting of the shitness. I'm yeah. like, yeah, you, you look a bit garbage, but... I kind of like it. I dig yeah, it. I dig I it. I like it. I like his how his pupils dilate when he gets kicked in the balls. Because <laughs> it just reminds me of Jurassic Park T-Rex. Because that was a practical <laughs> effect with their pupil as well. Sure. With the uh, the old light going yeah. across. Yeah. Love it. Um, so, due to the issues, they they refuse to move him outside ever. Um, so, anything you see him in... Um, so, they even had like fake puddles and mud on sets inside studios. And even that was too risky with the... And oh, try so yeah. everything that all had to all be cleaned up and basically kind of just made as dry as possible but uh, yeah because it's so volatile but uh, <laughs> Goro's weakness is also water they also you'll notice <laughs> also notice every time uh, Goro is on set or on on in scene the colouring of uh, like the, basically the, the, the lensing effects and the um, 
I guess the, the color filters and stuff, they're a lot more pronounced in those scenes and that's to hide all of the different, you know, I guess dis- discrepancies and imperfections on yeah, the model itself. Yeah. Otherwise, they would have been a lot more noticeable. So, I mean, the, I guess the only other um, special effects we can sort of really hone in on is, you know, Scorpion's mm. like snake chain thing. Even though it looks shocking, mm. like the close-up shots of when it sort of comes out of his hand, I was like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. It looks like garbage. But again, I'm like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I like it. And then, once again, looks like garbage. When they're in, when he's in the woods and he's going up against Johnny Cage, I'm like, yeah. that's kind of cool. Yeah, I think so I too. don't understand how any of this works. I, I don't really... Oh, I'm like, is he controlling it? Does it have a mind of its own? I'm glad it didn't come out of his pants. It's you know, <laughs> lots. I was having there was lots of thoughts. Yeah, but it was kind of cool. I thought it was cool. And, and you know what? And Sub Zero didn't look that bad as well. Nah, it was. It, it was looked like right. TV CGI. Yeah, from the early it just, thousands, looks, it you know? just like, looked like cheap CGI. But yeah. by this stage, it's an eighteen million dollar movie. It's not that expensive. <laughs> yeah, they didn't put a whole lot into it. It wasn't like the rest of the movie was so glamorous that this stood out like oh that's a downfall it was sort of like well this is in line with the rest of this yeah (laughs) and you know what Sub-Zero with his ice stuff again like it's alright it's kind of cool yeah you know like if I did more of it I probably would just be like cool I like it it does the job it does what it it needed to do because I was a little bit worried I was like oh 95 and the way this movie starts I'm like oh that you know again that that chroma key background it looks so bad yeah. um, I'm like Ugh, are they even is Sub-Zero even going to have powers in this movie I was worried I was like maybe he just throws ice blocks at people <laughs> like like you know they open a freezer and just threw ice I'm like, <laughs> I don't know I was like how cheap is this going to be but you know the, the visuals are there they're not great but they're there yeah. look they I, pulled it off if we're going if like I said if we've got any listeners left like I said <laughs> like I said I saw this movie when I was young like I don't remember it like at the time being like ew it's only, it's <laughs> yeah, only now yeah. it's 20, 2021 brains looking at this yeah um, let's talk about something else so move away from the special effects let's talk music and this <laughs> I am very happy to say is a redeeming thing about this movie the Mortal Kombat theme is the best part of this movie hands down can you remember how many times it plays three times four times including credits no. So closing credits. No, fourth. I didn't count the credits. So three times in movie. Yeah, that's well, including opening credits too. Oh, that's fair. I counted the opening yeah. credits. So yeah, I should have counted the closing credits. Yeah. So four times in total. But they're all co- it's cool moments when they play it. It's, it's awesome. It's it's good. I mean, it's just it's so dramatic and it gets. And you know what? It's weird because it's like I was aware of the video games, even though I only played them briefly, and I mm. guess I played them enough, but not too much. Um, I was aware of this movie and I remember having watched it once um, but you know not making a huge deal about it yeah. but this song this song just existed in like everything yeah. it was everywhere I just remember this song being such a thing it was if you went to a disco they would play it Yeah. If you like a kid disco not like a like, oh, I'm going clubbing what no, totally, totally. So there, there's like this, like you know, it was everywhere. It's, it, it was on the radio. It, was. it still, it still is. I even know. Uh, I think, I think uh, our good friend Benjamin and Steph might be listening to this. I know for a fact they love this because I've heard it in their car. Yeah. This song. So, um, but if we're going to talk about like the score and the soundtrack and all of that, this is a very positive thing for the movie. It was very well received. It actually. Uh, it was the first uh, became the first platinum 
uh, uh, EDM record ever in history. What? This song. <laughs> so, wow. So, I just the single, just the single song, like the single track. Yeah. Wow. So, it's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, um, like I said, everywhere. Now, a bit of, bit of history, a bit of, a bit of behind that. So, um, the producers, uh, they were actually rejected by both Sony and Virgin Records Records to produce this soundtrack, including that song. Um, they wanted to use uh, EDM, um, whereas the record companies, they wanted pop artists like Van Halen and, and, and Janet Jackson. Yeah. Could you imagine what the tone of this movie would have been if it wasn't like It would have been EDM Power Rangers. It would have been Mighty heavy Power Rangers metal movie. and stuff. Yeah, there you go. What did that movie have? So, Van Halen and like... All that, like that's what it would have been. There, there you go. So the producers they went with uh, TVT Records. So they're a, kind of like a small record company. Um, and yep, they were rewarded because it went it was the first platinum uh, EDM record in, ever in history. Amazing. The score. Uh, so George S. Clinton. Um, he received a BMI Film Award for this. Um, we'll just say also we didn't kind of cut touch it at the top. There was no awards for this movie, <laughs> but. George no. S. Clinton did get a, a BMI for this. Um, he's uh, He did all of the Austin Powers and the Santa Claus franchises, if that makes any difference at all. Talented, though. Um, so this, if you re- just think back to the movie when you're watching it, it's definitely got a lot of Asian flavor to it, um, and, and like Oriental um, like wind flutes and things like that. But it also is has some serious heavy metal um Drum, drum, and, and guitar riffs going on there, depending on the tone. So George S. Clinton really did well with this particular soundtrack, and it's actually a score, and it's actually reflected on that um, with with his award that he won. Now, he he invented a like an orchestral lineup called Testosterone Orchestra <laughs> for the f- fighting um, and for a lot of this, and that takes away basically anything that uses a treble clef. So that's things like. Um, flutes, trumpets, clarinets, violins, any, anything with a, clar- uh, a treble clef. Everything with a bass clef is what he used. So that's all, you know, per- percussions and and you know sure. just heavier, so like, heavier stuff. Yeah, the boom. Yeah, all right. So, um, which is interesting. Now, the heavy guitar work during the fight scenes, if you remember, it's actually by an artist named Buckethead. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy <laughs> or seen him. And I recommend if everyone go out when you're not driving your car, look at this guy. He is literally a uh, a like a world famous guitarist, but he wears a bucket on his head when he performs. Fantastic. Um, and then uh, the percussion was by Brain, and uh, Buckethead and Brain are very regular um, collaborators. But they they're um, studio uh, musicians as well as touring musicians for bands and stuff. And they've got a very very high, um, I guess, ped- pedigree and, um, and of like experience with the, the acts and stuff that they've toured with. Very 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 good. And you can clearly hear that within the music. So I actually think, by the way, the very redeeming factor of this movie is, 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 is a score and a soundtrack. All the sound, all the music. Yeah, I love it. Anyway, there you go. Me, I've kind of spilled everything I can about that. You got anything else? There's didgeridoos in there, by no, the way. That's, that's okay, sure. Yeah, fantastic. For uh, the Asian influences and the exotic tones that uh, Mr. George's Clinton uh, was chasing. Didgeridoos, exotic. That's something so, I've never heard before. So, um, so, <laughs> so I, I, I like that. I think I don't really have much more to say about the movie, and I'm happy that I can finish on a positive note for that. Well, let's let's try and, I mean, yeah, because we're going to move into our quiz break, and then we're going to do our... Oh, our big rating. Yeah, then we're going to do our rating and stuff. So, I mean, I guess just to, just to wrap up before we get to those things, mm. you know, I mean... I mean, tonally, this movie is... I mean, it's... 
it's like a movie made for ten year old boys, even though it's it's even though they're not allowed to watch it. Even though they've got oh, it's PG thirteen, like it's all good. But it, it does have that gritty look to it that makes it seem like a more violent movie, but it's not yeah. violent at all. It's it's so it's pretty tame. Even like the deaths and stuff, it's sort of a lot of it's implied. You don't actually see it. Mm. A lot of it, you know, it's kind of goofy. But I like. I mean, something redeeming to it is like I like that it's this movie's obviously influenced by like you know. Um, Enter the Dragon yeah. and you know like just you know it's like they tried to emulate Asian cinema and bring it into like a western audience which yeah. I don't think it's really happening but mm. you know they, they gave it a good go and it's fun you know it's based on this game and I think they put the game on screen you know in a pretty decent fun way I want to say right I, I think so I guess. Yeah, look. It, so that's the movie. I don't disagree. That's the movie. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let, let's 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 get into our quiz break and then we'll do our rating and we'll wrap up. Right. For, for it. So, so, if you're new to this, uh, to our show... Um, <laughs> we're sorry. We, yeah, <laughs> but, well, this, but, this is a weird one to start on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, we do... See, we have 60 seconds to to the, our other co-host to answer 10 questions. Mm, I don't absolutely. know why I described it like this. We always just go up the other way. And yeah. now, I'm, now I'm confused. Um, 10 questions, 60 seconds. That's, correct. that's how it works. I've got a, <laughs> I've got a quiz here for Rob. Yeah. We'll just get... Very well prepared one too, you might say. Don't be like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, like we said, 10 questions in 60 seconds. Yeah. Um, I'm really, really hoping I do alright with this. Jason, you ready? I am ready. Are you ready? That's the question. I'm ready. Test your mate. Let's go. <laughs> ready, fight. set, go. Who does Liu Kang not fight in the movie? I think Scorpion. And that's correct. Hey! What special move does Liu Kang use to defeat Shang Tsung? Fireball punch thing. That's called Dragon Fireball. I'll give it to you. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, Katana says to Liu Kang, use the element that brings what in the next match? Life. Correct. Oh shit. What is the only special move that Johnny Cage does successfully in the movie? No, I don't. No, I don't. Skip. Who is the first character to learn from Raiden's advice? Uh, Liu Kang. Okay, uh, Johnny Cage. No, oh, no, no, don't, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, correct. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Even though, yeah. What uh, move does Sonya use to defeat and kill Kano? She snaps his neck with his leg twisty thing. I'll give it to you. It's called leg grab. Correct. Whose fatality is worked into the movie? Uh, Kano's. Oh, sorry. Uh, Shane Swang. Correct. Yeah. Uh, what is Sonya's problem? <laughs> she doesn't trust me. Correct. Hey. What character makes a cameo appearance in the movie? Oh, uh, there we go. You didn't get through all of them. Well, what was the last question? I'll ask the last questions because they were, um, you know, I put a lot of thought into them. What character <laughs> makes a cameo appearance in this movie but does not fight? Oh, I don't know. Which one? Jax. Oh, Jax does. That's right. He's uh, Sonya's partner. Yeah. In what city does Johnny Cage see Art Lean fight? I don't know. London. All right. All right. Well, I do believe you got seven. Might have been six. I'm very happy with that. It's good effort. Good. Um, the question I got wrong. You were doing pretty good. Um, the only special move that Johnny Cage does successfully in the movie is it's called the split punch. Huh. Yeah, okay. Cool. I don't know what that is. Uh, yeah, well, it's the split punch. Yeah. Shit. I'm sorry. Very very sorry. And that's it. 
There you go. All so, right. Yeah, that's seven because that's that's two questions unasked or answered and one question incorrect. Very I believe good. that's three minus Jeez. three off ten is seven. Jeez, I paid more attention than I thought I did. Oh, I'm, I'm surprised. Very, very <laughs> good. All right, well, let's have a cruise break. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our rating. We do a rate out of five VHS tapes. Jason, are we still doing VHS tapes? Is that I, am. I am. I am. I always right, do. Let's, let's in my to mind. It. We've come this far. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> on on episode sixty. Yeah, well, I don't know. 30 of them probably well, what's, really um, unaware of the VHS. Tapes. How many tapes are you giving this? Not many. Um, so, <laughs> um, so, no, no, no. So, don't be like that. I, I have to admit, so I do have some appreciation for some of the um, the artistry behind this. I really, I have to admit, I am quite disappointed with um, a lot of the acting. I'm not a fan, especially Johnny Cage. Not a fan. But I do like some of the artistry and can. Uh, you know, even though it's dated, I can still see things like the, you know, Goro and the, the set design and stuff like that. I kind of appreciate it for the time that it was at. And the score and the music are, are great. The vibe's definitely there, although campy and well over the top and a bit silly. It's definitely there. This is a movie you could probably watch with young people, maybe before, maybe, say, like 10 to 13. Like a window, a small window of kids. And they would probably enjoy it every, like just as much as we would have back in the day. I want to. I'm curious to see if that's true or not. But yeah, well, you know. can wait a couple of years. You got yeah, a few we'll years. Find it, yeah. So for me, look, it's not a disaster of a movie. It's not a great movie. I if you haven't seen it, go and why one why are you listening and two go and go and check it out. But it's it's a one and a half at the most. One and a half. <laughs> uh, There's just too many things that I'm just not a fan of. Yeah, I laugh and I'll tell you why in a sec. Um, <laughs> okay, this movie, like the acting's terrible, the dialogue's terrible, the 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 fight scenes are. Yeah, pretty. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fight scenes are. Right. I mean, and this movie, yeah. but I mean, like, there's a lot of fighting. And I guess that's what this movie is. But like, the plot doesn't make like there isn't a plot. Even though there is a plot, there's not. There's really not. No. There's, there's a there's a scenario. People there's, find each other. There's a there's a, there's a setting of events, and um, <laughs> and that's the that's the movie. The effects are pretty shocking, even though some things are you know kind of cool, just because you know. Yeah. I can see the appeal of this being you know a guilty pleasure, yeah. sort of up to that cult thing, that cult status, the nostalgia. If this is you you know if you were a fan back in the day. Yeah. Um, but I guess for both of us, you know, like we're essentially coming into this fresh like I didn't get even though I remembered things you know because I've, I've watched this before but I didn't get any feelings of like oh I remember that from when I was a kid that was really cool like none of that it was just like oh I remember that scene or that setting or you know those spikes it, it was there like, yeah. but yeah so there's no emotional attachment to this movie so nothing's getting me there yeah the movie the music is sick I like the music yeah the music's good um, but I mean you know I'm counting the positives versus the negatives <laughs> uh, I mean, this movie's it's pretty it's pretty bad, man. It's, it's pretty bad, and I laughed. She because, ain't good. That's because for sure. uh, I was set to come in with a one point five as well, and that's where I'm sitting, man. I'm 1. with you. One point five. It makes wow. me worried though, because if Mortal Kombat Annihilation is worse than this, I mean, I'm running out of numbers. Like, We're it's... definitely getting sounds like comics to do that. <laughs> We're definitely going to do that. Probably already thinking of it. Thank you, Luke. Thanks for taking. I'm just for the assuming team. they're doing it now because I'm going to say here now they're doing it just so they can't back out of it. <laughs> I don't care who does it. There's a few guys over there. It sounds like comics. It's, Someone's as long as it's it. not us, it's fine. But look, yeah. So 1.5 all, all round. <laughs> that to me is a 
hey, maybe go watch this if you wanted to see something from back in the day. I, but I think I think bef- watching this before, obviously, this new movie, mm. I, I wanted that experience to, to be like, okay, how was their first attempt? Yeah. Um, and just so I had, you know, to see the difference in this, and that's, in this new and version. And that's, you know, a very good exercise, you know, compare it to have a look at a... The, di- the difference in the time and, and the tone and how, how they uh, formulated it. Yeah. I think this movie, it's a legitimate reboot. It's not even going to reflect that or... Oh, no, but, I mean, but it's, you know, it's based on the same characters, based on the same you know video game franchise, franchise all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so that's there. Might be a few things. But, I mean, it's it's obvious this movie will not be for everyone. Um, and I think... No. Especially if you're... Not even just to say, like, oh, if you're not a fan of the games. Because, I mean, I, I followed it enough and I wasn't going to walk out of this movie because... You know, I wasn't into it. I was like, I was engaged enough. Yeah, same. But it's just, you know, it was still a train wreck of a movie. It just wasn't good. Um, Paul W. S. Anderson. But I mean, crying right now. I mean, my wife sits through a lot of crap, <laughs> and she was just dead set, like, no, I can't do it, and then she just left. <laughs> like, she just left, and she hasn't come back. No, she came back, <laughs> but. <laughs> So oh I mean, if that if that speaks volumes, that's uh, that's it. But um, but like in summary, yeah. I'm definitely regardless of how I feel about this particular movie, I'm really excited for this one coming up. <laughs> I really am. It's got it's hey, it's made for me. Don't it's get definitely... me wrong. I don't regret watching this original movie. I don't regret it. Yeah. I'm glad I did it. I think I'd regret Annihilation if we watched that. Which I, is I feel like there might be sounds levels like of regret. Need to do that. <laughs> Um, uh, I think right. the animation animated movies might be interested to have a look. It's just a different thing, you know. I just I think it was exhausting. I don't yeah. know. I'm I'm done for a bit. Maybe right. one day. Maybe one day. <laughs> so that was our rewind to 1995 Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that was so, a bit different, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, so enthusiastic. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of Rewind Review. We've enjoyed it. Um, as always, remind you that. Any feedback, either positive or negative, um, or any rewind requests, they can be sent to us via email at thatfilmstudiopodcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us on either That Film Studio or Rewind and Review's Facebook pages. Like and follow these pages whilst you're at it. Yep. Subscribe and leave us a review on SoundCloud and Apple Podcast, as it does help others like yourself find the podcast. You can find our entire catalogue of episodes at thatfilmstudiopodcast.com. Yes. And up next for Rewind and Review, we'll be taking a step back to the year 2001 with an animated classic and family favourite all about fairy tales and waffles. And then coming up next uh, with that film, Stu, there'll be a review of, of course, Mortal Kombat, the new one. So uh, get on board for that. And Sounds Like Comics, we're happy to announce that they will be uh, (laughs) reviewing Mortal Kombat Annihilation with no hesitation, I, I don't think I don't think we commit to that. But um, hopefully, if we say it, they might feel pressured. But I don't know. I don't. Yeah, it's I don't, like this. It's like the secret. <laughs> if you say it and you think it enough, something happens. Maybe yeah. If we, it's like wishful thinking. Is yeah. that is that the yeah? But uh, <laughs> so, so keep an eye out for that um, and check in with those guys. They're doing a lot of good work over there. I feel like people are legitimately going to think they're going to do it, and now I'm worried. <laughs> are we in trouble? No, we're fine. I don't know. We're I don't fine. Know. We're fine. Uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> Honestly, truly, sincerely, thank you for listening to our rambles of Mortal Kombat. This has been another rewind and review. See you hopefully <laughs> on our next trip. Absolutely. Goodbye. <laughs>
Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library.